Hello, everyone. everyone. Thank you so much for joining another episode of Speak Your Truth podcast with me, your host, Sonia Majib. Today, I have someone very special, the one and only Alexandra Cousins. And I'm going to introduce you. I'm going to read her bio and then we'll get started. She's joining us all the way from Bali. Alexandra's passion has always been in health and human optimization. From the age of five, she was obsessed with finding out what the source, what was the source of, of dis-ease. Her own health struggles drove her to study Ayurveda in India in her early 20s, where she was initiated into a high level of natural healing. Her path later uh, took a deep dive in nutritional studies with various healers, teachers, while consulting to some of the most prestigious spas in the world. But somehow the deeper answer she was seeking uh, still eluded her. She took a break from working in the healing arts and drove into high fashion for a few years before the radical breakdown of her own health. So we're going to get started. And from this perspective of, you know, getting her own health into her hands, uh, she took uh, the deepest health crisis to bring it all together. And she's formed this, this technique that I'd love for her to talk about. And also um, in her bio, it says, one of the truest healers of her time who fully embodies her teachings is how Alex has most often been described due to her 360 degree approach to healing our lives on all aspects. So I love that. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you so much, Sonia. Beautiful. I'm excited to be here. So excited to have you, and I've been following you for a while. Absolutely, just you exude this this mag magnetic presence, this grounded feminine essence, and I really wanted to have you on. And my passion is health and healing, and bringing you know just our gnosis, our knowledge to help others through our own healing uh, crisis. So, I kind yeah. of would love for you to start with. Um, kind of a little bit of your background and how this this all got started for you. Right. Well, as you as you read from the bio, I've really um, you know been fascinated with health and and disease in particular from a very very young age. I just remember I have memories of being in my father's library and looking through the encyclopedia and uh, being stuck with the pages of disease. And, and that's sort of like one of my earliest memories. And whenever, you know, back then, um, this was, you know, the, the, the late 70s and cancer was on the rise and, you know, cancer was on everybody's um, lips. And I just always remember thinking there was something more. There was just this deep intuition within me that knew this isn't just a physical thing. There is there is a deeper thing that's going on and that it's not just this disease that comes in spite of you being a good person, but there's deeper stuff going on. And then through my own health struggles as I as I grew up, mental, emotional, physical health struggles, weight issues, I mean, you know, you name it, I had it all. Eating disorder, um, I really had it all. And of course, in hindsight, I realized that all those issues were given to me by grace as an initiation because I, you know, even just astrologically, 
I'm meant to be in service to humanity through healing services. Mm. And so when, when we talk about my background, I really feel I was so primed for this. And of course, oftentimes we only see this in hindsight because, um, you know, while we're going through it, we think the world is being mean. Mm. And so, yeah, I mean, essentially I've always been in health and healing, um, but I always also knew that there was something that I wasn't quite touching, wasn't quite getting. And so as much as I climbed up the ladder and, you know, worked myself up to working in the prestigious health spas, because in some ways back then also that was, you know, my understanding of like the alternative health world was like, okay, there's doctors and then there's spas. And at some point I realized um, that also the alternative healing world is full of nonsense and, and is money driven and is superficial. And that's when I took a break and I went deep into fashion for several years, um, which was great for my ego because I was allowed to play and mm. I was allowed to see that that wasn't my path. Mm. Yeah, very fun. When you talk about the alternative healing world, uh, especially in the last decade, mm -hmm. it has gotten, you know, there's, there's people that are, that are searching for answers. I definitely got on this path uh, due to a diagnosis and we're searching and we're searching. So we think, well, holistic is the best approach and it's come very far, right? The, for sure. You know, it's, it's very very advanced than uh, regular primary care, just the, you know, here's a prescription model. Absolutely. So I definitely feel that that is, it has come so far, but there's still so much missing. There's yeah. so much missing. Yes. And, and so through my journey, you know, which started with Ayurveda, which was, I feel I was really blessed because when I went to India to study Ayurveda, um, I studied it with a master who was teaching the original Vedas of the Rishis, which is not the Ayurveda that we see out there in the world today. And the original Ayurveda is actually very, very simple. And it's based on mainly raw foods, believe it or not, because Ayurveda is so often against raw foods, but that is the modern adaptation. And when I say modern, um, you know, sure, it's still ancient, but it's not as ancient as the, the Ayurveda that the Rishis taught. And the Rishis taught similar to, you know, the natural hygienist, which says the foundation of health is in raw food, is in fasting, is in cleansing. <clears throat> and so I studied at this incredible hospital um which now is called yoga um the yoga vidya dam and in a Sikh, and they have different branches and basically there they were treating people with raw foods with enemas and um, you know basties and what they call basties massage and so very simply bringing them back to their nature and it then took me many years to actually go back to those teachings and to realize that those original teachings were the correct ones because I also got derailed for many years thinking, oh, it can't be so simple. You know, I got lost in complexity. 
I, I studied nutrition with various health gurus and I was, you know, again, riding the ego wave on all the fancy knowledge that I was acquiring and the knowledge about supplements. But ultimately, after a long journey of getting lost in that, uh, in that world of knowledge of the mind, I really came back to simplicity through my own health crisis. And through that, I realized, you know, the world out there and, and you know, it's, it's understandable. Like we've made things so complex. We've made making money complex. We've made health complex. We've made happiness complex. Everything has been made into this big deal when actually when we come back to our foundations, which is purification, purification of the body, purification of the soul, purification of the mind, right, through meditation, that is when we build the foundations of a body that is able to channel or to, to be a channel for source consciousness. And that source consciousness is there for all of us to tap in naturally. It's not rocket science. It's not for the enlightened people. It's for everybody that is living a purified life. I love that. That that's, that's very much also goes to the same foundations that I've built as far as the purification lifestyle and the, and going back to simplicity, I think we have made it so complex and I love that you had mentioned that it, this is, this is so key because once we start to purify multi-layer approach in our own lives and we start to get out of the ego mind, we can come back into simplicity and that it doesn't have to be so hard. Right? No. It really doesn't have to be so hard, but it looks like there's, there's so much that you've put in. I would really love for you to talk a little bit about the, uh, what health crisis you went through, because I know there's many, many who have been diagnosed with autoimmune. It's one of the biggest diagnosis. I mean, there's so many different, uh, and, and here's the thing that I, I, often say the diagnosis is just a label yeah what's going on underneath it what are the symptoms what is your body saying to you right where are we out of alignment in all aspects of our life so I definitely feel that a diagnosis dis-ease is one of the greatest gifts like you said an initiation process that we often don't recognize until the pieces start coming back together for us Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel diagnosis, you know, in most cases, diagnoses are completely futile as well as deceiving and deceptive because mm. I have had clients, you know, who've been told that they were um, nearly dead or almost dying from a, you know, really aggressive form of breast cancer and that, you know, they were like in the 1% survival chance and that unless they would do X, Y, Z, you know, so all this fear mongering and we, through the program, she healed herself in six months time. And then the doctors went back and said, oh, well, we must have misdiagnosed you in the first place because this is not possible. You know, so I've seen so much in the medical world as well as the, the alternative healing world out there that I always tell people a diagnosis 
gives you not much to go by. And oftentimes what it gives you is, is a lot of negative thought patterns and prognosis that are not necessarily true at all. In fact, I would say they're never true because I really believe that no matter what we are facing, we can always heal ourselves. Okay, having said that, so what was my journey? Well, my journey, you know, my, my diagnosis six years ago when my body completely broke down was also one of um, autoimmune issues, mystery illnesses. Um, it was um, severe adrenal fatigue. It was Hashimoto's. It was fibromyalgia. Um, you know, so I had, I had different diagnoses. Ultimately, I was facing, you know, being, being bedridden. Well, I was bedridden. I had become bedridden. Um, but, you know, looking back, it's kind of like, again, that diagnosis, it, it, meant, it meant nothing because ultimately I looked back and my health crisis really started in my childhood when, because now that I'm, that I'm fully healed, I realized already a couple of years ago, I realized actually, even in my childhood, I never felt really good in my body. I was always tired. I was always sluggish. I was always puffy, you know, later as a teenager, put on a ton of weight. Um, just, I never felt really good in my body. Why was that? Because I was on the, on a, on a completely wrong diet as 99% of the world is. And mm. You know, and of course, throughout, you know, growing up, because then I had a stint in bodybuilding. And so I was, you know, high protein diets and all of that and stimulants. And so, you know, did I think I was feeling reasonably well? Yes, but actually I wasn't well. And, you know, I was also my whole life, I was depressed. My whole life, I lived with anxiety and panic attacks and with then a, a, a stint where I was diagnosed bipolar, borderline schizophrenic. I mean, like, you name it, I had all the diagnoses. And what was so fascinating, because in some ways, you know, I kind of like, I thought, oh, whatever, like, I can live with depression. My father, you know, has those tendencies. And so that's probably where I picked it up. And eventually I realized, you know, I'm not going to take any medication. I'm just going to live with it. Similarly with my anxiety, it was like, oh, well, I, can, I know how to deal with it. I know it's not really real, and so I can live with it. But then when I changed my approach to my health and I started the you know, radical purification of my body, uh, at some point I realized, oh, my depression is completely gone, nowhere to be found. My anxiety is mm. completely gone, nowhere to be found. Panic attacks just don't happen. In fact... I now have such a strong nervous system where like literally anything can happen and I know how to handle it. Like worry is not part of my life at all anymore to the point where sometimes I think, shouldn't you be worried about this thing right now? And, and it's like, my body just doesn't register worry anymore. Why? Because my nervous system is strong because my endocrine system is functioning and because worry and depression is actually not natural. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm glad you, you pointed that out. I've gone uh, in my own research, in my own health and wellness journey, really have looked at mood foods, eliminating grains, eliminating various things 
And I think that we're all trying to figure out like, what is the right food? Because what I've, I've, I've realized is that, you know, and this is again, going into eat for your blood type and going into different ways. There's there, you know, I know a couple alternative healers um, in my area, very famous that do uh, pendulum to, to basically look at like, what's the optimal diet. And this is such a million dollar question because it's so different for everyone, right? And so I, I want to maybe have you speak about um, where would someone even start yeah. with, with Yeah, this? okay. So let's, let's dive into that because, you know, again, having come from Ayurveda, having come from deep nutritional studies, you know, holistic nutrition, um, and, and having bought for many years into the idea that we are all different and that we all need a different diet. That is the biggest baloney ever, mm. ever, ever, ever. Mm. And, you know, I can say that because for many years I bought into it. For many years, that is how I would work with people. And it's absolutely untrue. And I myself for many years thought that, you know, I couldn't be without protein, with so-called proteins, animal products, and that I needed a high-fat diet and all of that. And ultimately, so here's the thing, we are all the same and it's not rocket science. I mean, if we really start to think about it, just as, you know, all elephants are the same, all lions are the same, right? They don't need a different diet. They will all eat the same foods. And yet human species have made themselves into this complex creature that need different things from the other. It is absolutely not true. What happens is that we all have different levels of cellular degeneration. Those different, and these are not just acquired in this lifetime, but we are born with cellular degeneration. And so, you know, probably like the last two, three, four hundred, I don't know how many years, probably longer, have been a gradual degeneration from steering away from our deepest nature. And so it's not something recent, but it has been aggravating in the last you know certainly the last hundred years and then you know in, in rapidly degenerating and that's of course where we see you know the the increase in um, autoimmune issues which in certainly in the last 10 15 years has just been absolutely you know staggering and you hardly can speak to anybody out there uh, that can say that they are truly in thriving health, especially once you start asking the right questions, most people have some sort of health issue that we've just made due with it. So the reality is our natural diet, the natural diet for human species is a diet that is predominantly raw, first of all. In fact, it should be 100% raw. The fact that we have adapted to eating cooked foods is an adaptation and you know cooked foods are not the worst but so we're supposed to be predominantly raw we're supposed to be predominantly on fruit and the other uh, foods that are for human consumption is vegetables and 
grains again are an adaptation which we can there are certain grains like spelt and millet for example that are um, alkaline enough for human consumption but they still add to cellular degeneration now we have to remember that our bodies are incredibly resilient i mean just absolutely incredibly resilient and incredibly adaptive so we can adapt to anything and that is just a sign of our um yeah ability to adapt to any environment and our skill to survive so for example of course people will say oh but there's eskimos that are thriving you know on an all fat diet and therefore and then the people will justify therefore i can eat my you know scrambled eggs and bacon and sausage every day because it's similar to the eskimo diet it's like no that is not the case because if you want to live like the like an eskimo first of all live in that same environment and eat raw um blubber and then you can say you want to live like an eskimo and also the life expectancies of eskimos you know just as an example is not very high at all and the quality of life is not very high at all so we've made all these inferences just as the paleo diet you know being um high in meat and so forth all these inferences that are simply not true and also all these um comparisons which are really just adaptations and fundamentally as a species we originate in the tropics and subtropics and what we were eating there is fruit and vegetables and that's it all other things are adaptations which we use in um we used to to bridge people over into the new lifestyle but ultimately all of that falls away so you know i've been i've been on this path now for 6 years and my diet is um literally 80 90% fruit 10% vegetables and some cooked vegetables and an occasional meat meal of um you know things like millet or spelt or something which i i regard as a fun food and my body can handle it because i am otherwise in such good health and and um i live the purification lifestyle mm beautiful beautiful there's what i was thinking as you were talking about that is something i've also said in my own life where when i went predominantly plant based and then you know it's like your body's cleansing you go through a healing crisis there's different things and the the main thing people ask or they're programmed to ask is you're not having enough protein yeah. you're not having enough protein yeah. right and so it's like then the paleo trend is so is so big because people start feeling really good you remove you know whole 30 mm -hmm. style where you have no packaged food you have nothing processed you start feeling really good you start feeling optimal um but then that diagnosis of the disease is still in your body having said that there are people that i personally know who have 100% reversed their conditions without even changing their diet so that is just so interesting to me and they do that through you know different meditations different you know uh for instance um 
the if the disease is in the old body and then you move to a, a new level of thinking, a lot of Dr. Joe Dispenza's work or different kinds of mystic healing work, and then you no longer, uh, you're completely healed all of a sudden, right? And that's another thing where doctors are just flabbergasted because they're like, well, I don't know, you know, how'd that happen? Yeah. <laughs> but the, the funny thing is that these doctors won't go, hey, how did that happen? Let me write that down. Let me see if I can start to investigate so I can start helping more people. I wish that was something, that narrative is going to be something that is a part of our, our future reality. I do think it will be. I mean, ultimately, you know, I do believe that the vast majority of doctors become doctors because they sincerely want to help people. And I always say we can't blame doctors for the system because ultimately doctors are simply people that become indoctrinated by the system. And the reality is the medical system is a sick care system. It is not a healthcare system. And in some ways, you know, also the alternative medicine world is again, driven by money, driven by profits, um, but also the foundations of much of the alternative medicine world is again on, um, managing maladaptation. So for example, when we talk about Ayurveda, you know, um, vat, working with Vata and, and Kapha and Pita, working with the three doshas, just as working with the uh, blood types, it is, we are working to manage your maladaptation. We are working to manage the cellular degeneration if that makes sense. So it's a little bit like, you know, if, if your child comes to you and says, mom, I can't sleep without the lights on, then ideally we should say, instead of saying, okay, well then let's leave the lights on. We should say, let me help you to get over your fear of the dark. We don't leave the lights on because, you know, that has uh, an, an effect on, on our sleep patterns and, um, on the brain. So do you know what I'm saying? It's like the difference between yes. addressing the very root cause or managing the root cause. And, you know, all these, the blood type diet, um, uh, which is again, complete nonsense. And the fact that it works for some people to some degree is simply because yes, of course, whenever we leave some foods out, we are going to feel better. Just like the paleo diet. Of course, when we leave a lot of the crap out there out and we start to focus on more limited foods and of course, you know, you're eating more fresh and so forth. So for most people, the paleo diet is such a radical improvement that they're going to feel better. But the point is, as long as your body remains stimulated and stimulated means you're drinking stimulants, you're eating stimulants such as animal products, your nervous system and your adrenals are not going to ever find their full natural um, point of thriving because we are constantly mm. stimulating. And so when you talk, so every single diet and system out there, you know, we can fully explain why it works, but we can also explain the limitations. And what I found is that, and I've done them all, you know, I've been paleo, I've been keto, and they've all worked up to a degree. But ultimately, 
so, so it's also, you know, here's the thing. I feel most of us, most of us do not even know the degree of radical health and radical alignment and radical bliss that is possible. And I didn't know it was possible. And so I realized now looking back for many years, I, um, I set the bar low for myself. You know, I thought that if I live mm. um, in a certain way and I have a certain level of health, I thought that was good enough. And I thought that that was all that was in store for me. And then through this process of radical purification, which, I mean, I would have never, ever gone into this had I not been become bedridden, you know? So I, I do want to make that clear. Um, only because nothing else was working anymore and because I was terrified that I was dying of a mystery illness, which is exactly what it felt mm. like at the time. And so I felt like, okay, here's my chance. I need to go deeper than I ever have before. And, uh, you know, this is what led me on this path. And then the more I started walking this path and practicing it, the more health I discovered. And at some point I healed beyond what I ever thought was possible. And then the healing continued and I just kept feeling better and better and more aligned and more clear and more connected to source and more happy. And that is what led me here. So it's not um, self-discipline. It is not willpower. It is completely natural, um, natural realizations that that came with this path and and then you know kind of like at some point i realized oh my gosh we nobody in the world or very few people know just how good you can feel in a body first of all how clear and aligned you can feel and on top of it i mean i used to be a super foodie so food was my thing and, you know, my husband mm. and I, we'd go to all the fancy restaurants, like we were serious foodies. And the fact that now, because my husband has followed in my footsteps and he is living this lifestyle completely with me, we are loving and thriving, loving this lifestyle. And we don't miss a single thing of our old lifestyle. But of course, again, this was a progression. So it didn't happen overnight. We didn't force it. It was just a path that we started walking. And the more we walked it, the deeper we went, the better we felt. And so it was a natural progression. I love that. That's really beautiful. I'd love for you to, to chime in a little bit for those people who believe that well, here's the thing. It took you a while and it was dedication. It was discipline. It was, you know, you, you felt like you're on your deathbed and you're like, I'm going to go hard or go home, right? Someone that takes a radical approach like this is, is very serious about of, of living. And it was a part of your, your mission to help more people with this uh, living mucus-free lifestyle. And uh, I'd, I'd really like you to speak about the the whole concept of animal protein. That has been something that uh, you know, it, again, I don't know if it's if it's programmed by society uh, that uh, animals in nature all also eat nature. We're 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 to live in uh, harmony with all of nature, and it's a cycle. It's a cyclical approach. Uh, can you speak a little bit about like if someone wanted to go? Okay, I think I'm gonna just 
get off meat for a while? How do you replace these, this protein, these vitamins, these minerals that you're, you know, like you said, your body is resilient and adapts. It starts craving certain things. Well, so here's the thing, you know, again, we need to separate what we can tolerate versus what we truly optimally thrive on. And, you know, you mm. can you thrive on a diet with animal products? Of course you can. Can you, strictly speaking, be reasonably healthy on it? Yes, of course you can. Can you be all, get old on it? Yes, absolutely. You know, we've seen that. My, I guess my driving point always was, I always knew that it was possible to live a life of total connection to source and a magic led life. And I, you know, of course, for many years, like I knew it, but I had never had a full experience of it, but there was just something in me driving me towards that. And now I know that what I meant was it's possible to live a life of total high vibration, high frequency, total joy, total bliss, where you feel like you are so light in your body that you are a light body. And, you know, as much as this may seem a bit exaggerated, but where it feels like you are living in the body of Christ. That is how I feel. Wow. I live now. And so every single day is filled with joy and gratitude and bliss, and it still keeps expanding. So when we eat animal products, we naturally, you know, we have to see food is not just proteins, carbs, fat, it's not just matter but it is also energetics. Everything is energy. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, energy comes mm-hmm. before matter. Matter is solidified energy. So when we eat animal products, we, or when we eat anything for that matter, we are not just eating the matter. We are eating the energetics and the karmic cycle of that product, So when you are eating animals, never mind that animal products, all animal products are predominantly acidic. And if you consider that our body's chemistry has to be 80% alkaline, 20% acidic. So we need to, for an ideal state, we need to be predominantly alkaline. If we eat a predominantly acidic diet, we're going to be predominantly acidic, which is the vast majority of the population. And by being in an acidic body, I mean, the word itself says it, acidic, we are going to be uh, contracted, angry, in need of stimulation, anxious, depressed. You know, so our body is, is living in an acidic environment, which the yogis called um rajaistic versus a sattvic body and when we live in an acidic body we're going to have a lower vibrational experience of life we are going to be run by the energy of fear versus the energy of love you know and this sounds it may sound like very woo woo for people that you know aren't familiar with this and that haven't experienced this but this has been completely my physical experience Now, in addition to the acid and alkaline 
um, component, when we eat animal products, we do eat their karma. We do eat their energetic imprint of their life. And again, I used to not believe this at all. I, you know, I mean, I loved my meats and salamis and, you know, I grew up in Italy. So that was very much part of my life. And I didn't believe it until I started to purify my body. And then I went back to having some meat because at some point I was like, okay, I've detoxed my body enough. Let me go back to eating some meats. And then I had several powerful experiences where I could feel the suffering of the animals, which became my suffering, my heaviness, my weird dreams, etc. Because of course, as we purify, we simply become more sensitive. Whereas when we aren't purified, we are simply numb to life. And the vast majority of people mm -hmm. live in a complete state of numbness. Whereas as we purify, we start to feel everything, all the good, but also all the bad. And that is when we can start to make informed choices and we can start to really feel into what are we actually doing to our bodies. And so, you know, animal products, again, if we look at how are the vast majority of animals raised, even the grass fed, which is all I ate for many years, you know, I thought I was getting it all right because I was eating grass fed. We were, you know, making sure that we would only buy the purest from the farms, um, all of that romantic ideology. But ultimately, these animals are still being raised and killed for human consumption, right? And an animal is a sentient mm. being. In fact, animals as well as <clears throat> nature is much more sentient even than we are they just don't know it so that's the part where you know human consciousness is able to reflect upon itself that is what makes living in a body so absolutely magical but that doesn't mean that nature is less sentient so if you now think you are, you are being raised for human consumption um, and you're being killed for human consumption, that is the energy that you are taking in when you eat the animal products. You're eating the greed, the suffering, all the ways that these animals are treated. Um, that, is be, that becomes part of your karma. And the reality is that really the vast majority of people nowadays are not eating animal products out of necessity. We're eating them out of gluttony. We're eating them out of the false belief system that we need them for our survival because we have become so out of touch with our own source of power and our own pranic connection. So we eat them out of neediness. So what energy are you taking in? Neediness, disempowerment. You know, we really need to look at this. And again, this can all seem very woo-woo. But once you start to have an embodied experience of this, it is undeniable. Mm. Absolutely. I love that. I love that you mentioned all that. And again, it, it depends on uh, people's sensitivity because once you do cut out, uh, I, I've had the same experiences as you. 
in terms of cutting out red meat and uh, never going back. It's been five years. And again, picking up the energy of the animal, having wild nightmares, and Mm -hmm. I just couldn't go back to it. And so, yeah, I think most of the audience will understand that. But here's the thing. It's, it's, it's still a journey. No, it's, it's, it's I still would a say process. this is so let me kind of, you know, come back full circle, because, of course, a lot of people will say, oh, but I need my protein without my protein. And, you know, like protein is such a big myth. Um, protein, strictly speaking, Protein is not what you need. What you need is amino acids. Amino acids are the building blocks of protein. So amino acids are found plentiful in raw fruit and vegetables. Things like sprouts, um, alfalfa, wheatgrass, but fruit, when it's properly properly grown, um, you know, fruit is filled with amino acids. I mean, I myself am building or and have been rebuilding my body uh my muscles just on this fruit and vegetable diet alone and and as i said most of my diet is fruit and yet i'm building muscle how is that possible it's because there's plenty of amino acids however because most of our bodies are so deeply degenerate and obstructed with gunk we need much more nutrition than we would if we would live in a purified body which is why most people think they need all this protein, but that's because they're full of obstruction. They're full of um, cellular constipation. And as that gets alleviated and the body starts to actually function like a well-oiled machine again, you need such little nutrition. And your body becomes so efficient. It is amazing. And so you don't need protein, you need amino acids and all the weakness that we feel when we initially start leaving out proteins, that is the real state of your body revealing itself to you, which for many people is shocking. You know, it was shocking for me. Like once I realized, oh my gosh, I am so weak. I am so cellularly degenerate. And it was the most shocking, scariest thing to face. But again, I didn't have choice. And so I just went through it. And as I cleansed my body, I came back to strength and I rebuilt my body with the very foods that were making me feel weak initially. And the initial weakness is simply because the healing foods leave enough room for the body to heal itself. Because it's not the food that heals the body. It's the body heals itself because there is no more energetic obstruction. But now, the, in a sense, the missing piece or the way that I kind of brought all of this together is that when we heal our bodies from the ground up, from the roots up, what happens is that not only do you come to live in a body that is radically alive, like never you've, like something that you've never ever experienced before in your life, not even as a child, like the radical aliveness is incredible. But what happens automatically from that is that you become connected to source consciousness, whether you believe it or not, because I've worked mm-hmm. with many people who had no interest in their spiritual journey whatsoever. They just wanted to feel their body. But through this path, 
they became connected to source. They started believing in their own divinity because they were having an embodied physical experience because their consciousness expanded beyond what they've ever experienced before. And, and in a sense, that to me is the wonderment piece of this journey is that it teaches us we are naturally, every single one of us, we are creatures that are connected to source. We are spiritual beings before anything else. And when we start having these experiences, we start connecting to our true purpose in life because we all, every single one of us incarnated because we have a specific purpose to carry out. And when we connect with that and we start living from that point, life becomes magical and easeful and abundant. And that is really what I teach is bring your body online so that you can become an enlightened living being who is living an enlightened life, which just keeps evolving with you naturally, not because you're doing anything outside, but because you are working from the inside out. And as you do that, you start living your purpose and you become a blessing onto the world. Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for, for bringing that uh, point. It's, I absolutely agree. And how magical, how magical to have optimal health where you, that's the one less thing you have to, to think about, right? That's the one less thing. Cause so, so many of us are, are swimming upstream yeah. and we think like, okay, this is good enough. This is good enough, but it's like, no, but we, we can do better. Right. And so the people who get further onto the path are like, I, I think I'm going to be curious about yet something else. How much would you say childhood trauma has to do with uh, what I have found now walking the spiritual path, walking the journey, going into, uh, you know, again, taking the leap into different aspects and, and being brave and, mm -hmm. and taking the first step, right, uh, as, as a kind of an, as doing inquiry, self-inquiry, um, I have found a lot of the dis-ease also stems again uh, with ancestral lineage, your childhood, and you've always just never felt safe in yes, your body. Yes, absolutely. You that? So, so that's the other thing. As we start to purify our body, all of our deepest childhood trauma, ancestral trauma starts to come to the surface because that trauma, whether it's ancestral or from this lifetime, is stored in the tissue. You know, we all know the saying, the issue is in the tissue. And that is literally mm -hmm. so. And when we think about it, you know, as children, for example, as, as a child, like I always wanted to eat um, anything grainy, like, you know, pastries and cereals and, you know, bread and all of that stuff. Like I... That's the only food that I really loved and what, and then cheese. And so what was I looking for in these heavy congesting foods was the comfort that I didn't feel that I didn't felt I was giving, getting from my nuclear family. 
and how many of us, right? Like we have all these memories of all these foods that we love and the foods that we love are there to basically be substitute to energies that we are not getting because there again, we are all the same. Every single mm. one of us needs to be seen. Every single one of us needs to feel nurtured, safe, loved, cherished in. We are all the same. We are much more the same than we are different. And when we are not met mm -hmm. in our basic needs, we start to look for substitutes. And food is a fantastic substitute. I mean, that's why we have emotional eating. And it's why the vast majority of us do eat emotionally. Even if we don't eat emotionally, it, there's still an emotional connection to not eating. Like many of us don't eat to feel empowered, right? Like many of us, uh, when we're stressed, we don't eat. And so food is the connecting factor in so many of the emotions that we feel and that we numb out. And when we leave the food out, the numbing foods out, the real emotions that we are uncover that we are covering up through the cup of coffee or through, you know, the protein shake or whatever, or through the keto fat bomb, uh, all the emotions starts coming start coming to the surface. And it's only by truly feeling what is there that we are able to release the patterns and the traumas. And what I found, you know, I mean, I also, mm -hmm. I had done so much trauma work, so much um, family constellation work, et cetera, before changing my diet. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I had, you know, really done a lot of deep work, but by purifying my body, all the stuff that I was still numbing out with food came to the surface. And it was kind of like, I realized I had dealt with the superficial issues, but that the deepest core sort of existential issues, the deep karmic um, ties were still untouched. And in some ways that is where, mm -hmm. if you will, this path can be difficult because we are faced with the deepest, darkest existential stuff. But when we reframe it and when we realize, wow, as I purify my body, all my real stuff starts coming to the surface for me to feel and to be revealed, and then I can release it. So yes, in the moment as it surfaces, it can be difficult. But once we make peace with the fact that all this difficult stuff is just kind of like cellular dust, right? We don't need to feel shame for it. We don't need to own it. Um, we just need to feel it. And we need to realize that also each one of us mm. holds a lot of collective karmic patterns. Like that is what we are here to transmute. And at the same time, through the transmutation, through the individual and collective transmutation, that is what leads us to an enlightened state. Because I'm sure you've had the experience with every shadow shedding that you've done, you come into a lighter state of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned this because I too 
as well as if anyone else has, uh, you know, gone through the the emotional eating, the psychology of emotional eating, or really looking at, well, let me pause a second, right? It's all about like let's let's become mindful. The first thing, the very first level of this is mindfulness, is awareness, and and me too. When I when I cut grains out, I had a shit ton of emotional stuff that came in, all the baggage. I mean, and that wasn't easy, but now there's no addiction. There's no tendency. There's no craving. If I want to, I will. So it was, it was such an empowerment. Uh, it was, it, it was an empowered process for me. I loved it. But again, it is a step-by-step process and I'm just so glad to have this conversation with you. I'm so happy that you came on. I hope that the listeners really loved and enjoyed and really learned something from this. Can you talk a little bit about uh, where they can find you and, um, you know, some yes, maybe like leave pleasure. a golden nugget for so, listeners? Well, we are essentially here in Bali. I mean, currently on a tiny little island off Bali in lockdown, but we are building a center for cellular detoxification and rejuvenation in uh, Bali. And so as soon as flights open back up, you know, we will be out. And we are also developing a real estate um, development called Utopia, where basically people can um, purchase real estate and live this lifestyle full time. Um, And where we also teach people how to, you know, obviously live this lifestyle and find ways of working online because we feel you know, the reality is the the current situ- global situation, and we felt that this was coming for many years, obviously we didn't know in what form, is making it imperative for those that are ready to step out of the matrix to create a whole new reality. And you know, we've been living this blissful reality for many years. Mm-hmm. And so that is what we are providing people um, with you know the tools and the knowledge to uh, and the environment um, potentially to live this lifestyle 100% and to really live outside of the outside of the matrix and to live in a bliss body to live a blissful life in a bliss body I mean that is all that is really of interest to me at this stage um, so we have various programs you know you can find me under livingmucusfree.com and um, the Utopia Rising page will be up soon as well. But for now, it's livingmeekersfree.com. We've got several coaching programs and a mastermind so that you can really radically um, shift your life. As far as a golden nugget, you know, I would like to, to leave people with this. I think when I speak about this lifestyle, for a lot of people, it can be super intimidating, as it was for me, because when you are still living the old lifestyle, you think, as I did, that there is no way that you could ever in this lifetime live off just fruit and vegetables and be happy and satisfied. And the point is, again, it's not something that you do overnight. It's a step-by-step process. And as your consciousness shifts through the stages of purification, you actually come to a point where you don't want to live any other way because the bliss and connection and thrival is so powerful that there's nothing to keep you in the old. So I want to leave you with the contemplation of if you feel like, oh my gosh, this sounds amazing, but I could never do that, is reframe it and say, oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I wonder how 
I would feel or who I would need to become to be able to live that lifestyle because I have taken enough people through this process to know that there is no such thing as you can't do it. It's if you open up to it, you will be done by it. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Alex, for coming on Speak Your Truth podcast. I loved having you. you on. Hope that you can come back again soon. Thank you so much, listeners. And please like, share, and subscribe with your loved ones. And definitely check out her stuff. And we will see you in the next episode. Thank you.